Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help you make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., Wednesdays at 9 a.m. with our special edition of Tell Me Your Story, and we broadcast those live on the internet. We stream them live at richarddugan.com. We also have these in a podcast form where you can listen anytime on demand through SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, uh, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. We are on YouTube as well where you can watch these interviews. And of course, we are also linked to our guests at both YouTube as well as the various podcast uh, locations. And um, I would ask you to subscribe, not because I'm interested in raising any kinds of numbers of subscribers. I have, I I think, I don't know how many subscribers I have on podcasts. I know YouTube, after two years of putting over 275 videos up, I have 74 subscribers. But I have a lot more listeners than subscribers. The reason I ask you to subscribe is so that when I put up a new audio video file, you will be notified and you'll be able to listen to that and uh, any others that you'd like to. So subscribe for that reason and not because I want to up my numbers into the triple digits, which I know is coming. It might take another two years and that's okay. Uh, I want to get the information out. So I hope you'll do that. I also want to remind you uh, to participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s, where we ask you to spend time in that quiet, still, calm, peaceful place called your inner life and listen to that still, small voice. You'll get inspiration, encouragement, guidance. Uh, Who knows? Maybe you get a laugh or two. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, It all depends upon your relationship with that inner voice. Uh, And if you develop it and you start listening to and following the promptings, you're going to have a great life. It's not going to be uh, all uh, uh, Skittles and rainbows and unicorns, but it's going to be something that you will be able to look to like I do and say, the ego mind, I know I don't want to do that. And yet, all right, I'll do it. And then I realize, oh, you know, it was a good thing that I did that. I'm glad I listened to and followed because things just seem to uh, kind of fall together. It's really kind of cool. So you can have those kinds of experiences. And also, if you'd like to if you'd like to support the work that we are doing, the, the programs resonate with you. We'd love to uh, uh, have your financial support if you can do so. We have a PayPal account, and it's for your security as well as ours. So whatever you can contribute, thank you, thank you, thank you for those who have and those who will. There's a link on the homepage of richarddugan.com where you just click on it and put in the amount and send, and away we go. And again, I thank you very much. And with that, we are going to uh, dive into our program today, and we're going to have a very interesting conversation with our two special guests coming to us all the way from the breadbasket of America uh, out of Iowa, Um, and they are uh, Byron and Mariah Edgington. Why are they with us? Well, because they are going to share with us uh, something that I think you're going to want to look into, and that is not only a book, but also other information that's available on a website mariahedgington.com, M-A-R-I-A-H-E-D-G-I-N-G-T-O-N.com. 
And that is the book, Journey Well. You are more than enough. You can discover your passion, purpose, and love of yourself and life. And it's literally a roadmap to help you and me claim our better, brighter life. I want to welcome the two of you to our program today. Husband and wife working together. Uh, the two of you wrote this book and collaborated. It's great to have you with us. Thank you so much. Love being here. Yeah, thanks, Richard. It's a wonderful opportunity, and uh, particularly thanks very much for uh, getting our names right. That doesn't happen all the time. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, congrats to you, and uh, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Well, you're very welcome. I will tell you uh, that it is a pet peeve of mine. I'm not going to say that I'm 100%, but it's a pet peeve of mine when I hear interviewers, uh, regardless of programming and so forth, they butcher the guest's name, you know, in the middle of the interview. Uh, and as I said, I'm not 100% on it, but I, I, I think it's the height of disrespect when we don't make an attempt to try mm -hmm. to pronounce people's names correctly. Uh, I even kind of, I, a little tongue-in-cheek, I suppose, uh, say that I can appreciate the pressures that the folks at Ellis Island were under at the end of the 19th and early 20th centuries and the beginning of the 20th century, uh, changing the names of the people coming in because they couldn't pronounce them. But sure. um, it's, it's like these people, they're coming here because they're starting a new life. Can't you help them by getting their names right? Well, we can't go back in history. Uh, some some folks from Ireland, like my 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 family, my uh, ancestors, they say that uh, the O, it was actually O Dugan, uh, and they dropped the O overboard on the ship on the way over here to the states, uh, yeah. or or they just dropped it there at Ellis Island, whatever the case might be. But anyway, that aside, uh, journey well. Uh, I I love the uh, I love the gentleness of the title uh, because. It's, uh, it, it, I think it's one of those aspects of the lives that we live, not just here in the States, but across the globe, where sometimes it's really hard to journey well because of the circumstances around us. Part of the reason why we talk an awful lot about that still small voice inside, the inner, inner life. Tell us a little bit about how this this concept of uh, journey well you uh, you are more than enough. I like that as well. More than enough, uh, because it makes me think of uh, the biblical passage: "Be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect." And perfection, from my understanding, in that context, would be more along the lines of just be. Just be who you are. Just be. That's perfection. Just being, you know. So tell us a little bit about the the, the, the concept and the and the catalyst that that created sure. this uh, this piece of work. Sure, we're happy to share that with you. And uh, we've all heard this for a long, long time. We've heard people trying to affirm others. They say, "No, no, you're fine. You're okay. You're doing well. You're okay." And, and we looked at that and we decided, well. No, that's not quite it. We're, you are more than enough. And the reason we chose that particular designation, that word more than enough, is because it's it's unlimited. There, you can't define. It's kind of like saying, um, I'll get there someday. I'll get there soon. I'll get there whenever. You can't define more. 
And one of the things we really focus on in the book is that as uh, I, I forget that the, uh, the uh, whoever originated this this uh, citation, but they said, if you, if you want to doubt something, doubt your limits. And I'll come up with the author of that, pretty sure Mariah can help me with that. But we got to looking at that word more, and we realized that really has no limits. And so we can only be that which we believe we can be. And if you could believe you can be more, then you certainly can. Hmm. And yet, while you are working to be more, don't you need to come to a point where you do accept the fact that right where I am right now, even though I'm working on improving myself mm-hmm. and being more than I am today, I'm enough right now. I'm good, right? You are more than good. You are more than enough. And by saying, the, as Byron mentioned with Price Pritchard, who mentioned the quote he had. Oh, thank you. We know that you live in abundance already, Richard. And it's unusual to think that way because many people live in poverty right now. Many people live knowing that they don't have enough. When we change our mindset and we look at the world through an awareness that there is an abundance right now, there's an abundance of air for you to breathe. I'm confident of that. You're not short of air there, are you? No, not at all. Not at all. There's an abundance of air. There's also an abundance of different things. And when we focus on abundance in this way, it changes our mindset. Go outside and notice the grass or the leaves on the trees. There's an abundance of each of those. There's an abundance of water in the oceans. So turning our mindset, becoming aware of what we do have, focusing on what we have right now that we can be grateful for. For example, many of us, most of us have our own worth that we can claim. And we have an abundance of love that we can give for ourselves and to those who matter most around us. It's changing our mindset. And that's where the abundance comes in. That's where the awareness comes in. Because we know sitting here with you, that we are wealthy because you have invited us to speak to you. And that builds community. So thank you for inviting us in. Well, and I thank you for accepting the invitation as well as in inviting me in in reverse by uh, uh, being with you at this time as well. And we also thank those who have joined us, either the uh, the radio broadcast, the podcast or the video cast. Uh, it's it's really kind of uh, it's it's a cool dynamic. I, I honestly believe that it's a really, really interesting dynamic. Tell us about the imposter syndrome what in the sam hill is that yeah you know this is uh i mean it it used to be just confined to like psychological circles to academia and so forth but we've discovered that this is a it's a pretty pervasive syndrome in society where people and this is where the more than enough comes in as well Imposter syndrome is that little voice in your head. Ariana Huffington calls it that obnoxious roommate living in my attic rent-free. It's the voice in, in our heads 
that tell us that we're not smart enough or pretty enough or thin enough or rich enough. And, and this is the voice we, any, anytime we say what we are, anytime we, let's say we dismiss our own abilities or discount our capabilities, we're telling ourselves things that aren't necessarily true. And the imposter syndrome just facilitates that. So one of the ways, one of the things we focus on in Journey Well, You Are More Than Enough, is this inner critic, this imposter syndrome, because who said you're not good enough? Who said you're not smart enough? The real underlying um, fact of this whole array of uh, exposition, this whole uh, voice that people hear in their heads, what you have to realize in the final analysis is that voice you're hearing is your own voice telling you that you're not smart or rich or thin or fill in the blank enough. And uh, if people here again, as Mariah said, awareness comes in. Once we become aware that that is, in fact, your own voice telling you those things, then you're allowed to and you and you're encouraged to question all that and say, wait a minute, who who decided that? That can't necessarily be true. Mm. It's uh, it it is perplexing for many because I think the um, uh, that voice that you're referring to, uh, which is still our voice, it's not coming from that same place that we talk about when encouraging people to participate in the uh, decade of perfect vision by going within and listening to that still small voice. This other voice is coming from what? Our ego, our personality, maybe even from the messages that we've received from on the from the outside, from family, friends, a school, church, other institutions that we've participated in. Is that is that where that voice is coming from? I'm fortunate because I learned this on and I look I can look at it two ways. Unfortunately, I didn't learn it until really fully incorporated it into my life in the last year or two. But I'm saying I'm fortunate because I did learn it. What I didn't realize is the paradigms that you know of that beat us down over the years and yeah. incorporate those into our lives. And I grew up in a situation where I, out in society, took on these blame and shame roles and I wore them like a cloak and I just knew that I was not good enough. Now, Richard, let me tell you a little story that I was a flight nurse and I was trained up to a high, high level to be able to do tasks that most people weren't even able to. But I would get out of the helicopter and I would walk towards the rural hospital thinking, why did they send me? They are going to be so badly saddened when they see me walk in and not some expert. And now I look back and I think, if I had only known this information, that's part of the reason I want to go out and share with people that the imposter needs to be set aside. The inner critic can go away and we can claim our value. And Richard, we know that whatever follows I am follows you. I am proud of what I have accomplished. I am grateful for the many, many blessings that I have in my life. I am very competent. I'm a writer. I'm a published author. And these are things that 
I would not have claimed before I understood this like you do. You understand how those paradigms can manipulate you. And once you get beyond that, set that inner critic aside and set that imposter down and own your value. Mm-hmm. Well, the two of you um, embarked on uh, uh, a journey that just happened to bring the two of you together. And the, the interesting parallel that I see, and maybe you see it too, is that the work that you were doing, Mariah, and that you were doing, Byron, as a helicopter pilot on a medevac uh, a rescue uh, uh, helicopter, you're doing the same work now, but now you're not using a helicopter and you're not using a, a first aid kit. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, Richard, I, I have to confess that we didn't put that together either until we started into the collaborative uh, process that resulted in Journey Well, You Are More Than Enough. But you're right. We we own that now. We have spent our professional careers and now in retirement, we have embraced the idea that it is our our duty, if you will, to elevate people, to raise people up. You know, and as a pilot, I used to do that physically. I used to take people and raise them up. That's what I did. Yeah. You know, it was my job description. But, you know, Mariah and I have realized that that's what we did over the years in our professional careers. And now you're right. We're continuing to do that. And that's that's really the hope we have for readers of Journey Well, You Are More Than Enough, that it it really does. They leave this book raised up, elevated to to. A, a new level and uh, at least to the point where they understand that they are more than enough, that they don't have to accept uh, the the paradigms that they have been. And they're really, let me elaborate a little bit, if I may, on the paradigms thing. As a pilot, let me give people an analogy for those who might not be familiar with that term. Uh, in aviation, uh, aircraft have an autopilot. A lot of them, most of them do. And the autopilot Consider that your paradigms. Anytime, uh, this, let's say the aircraft passes through a bit of turbulence or there's some kind of a change, the autopilot recognizes that change and right away it brings things back to where you set it. And that's like your paradigms. Everybody has them. We all grow up with them. We're immersed in these ideas that here's the way we do things. This is where we shop. This is the things we read. This is the level of education that everybody else around us has. We're all immersed in those things. Those are the autopilots of our lives. And may not be anything wrong with them, but the point is we need to question them. We need to ask, is that really who I am? And does that that fit me and does it benefit me at this point? So that's, that's enough about paradigms, but they are there and they are real. Absolutely. And we talk about them every single program because we're trying to bring about new paradigms for a new world here as we talk with Byron and Myra Edgington here on Tell Me Your Story. Journey Well is the title of the book that we are discussing, but also the the ideas, the concepts, and so forth that brought about this wonderful uh, book. Journey Well, you are more than enough. You can discover your passion, purpose, and love of yourself and life 
and literally uh, use this roadmap to help you claim your better, brighter life. The website you want to go to is mariahedgington.com, M-A-R-I-A-H-E-D-G-I-N-G-T-O-N.com. We certainly hope that you folks will be about the process of discovering your passion, purpose, and love of yourself and life. Now, I want to talk about that, but first I want to ask about the, I'll call it philosophy. I, I, I like to use that word rather than say religion or belief. Mm-hmm. Tell me about mana and how you discovered mana, which folks, I, I want to say it's a Hawaiian, maybe it's more accurately a Polynesian term. I may be incorrect on that, but needless to say, uh, yeah. it's something that you folks found uh, on uh, on that uh, 50th state in our union. Yes, indeed. And you're right. It is a We heard it all the time when we lived on Kauai. But you're right, it is. It's a Polynesian word and roughly it doesn't really translate well to English, but we came to associate it with spirit. That's really kind of what the Hawaiian people meant when they said mana. And they said that what, there was a lot of it. When we first arrived on Kauai in 2003, um, I went over there to fly helicopter tours around the island. And Mariah was working at the little hospital there in, uh, in the Hui on Kauai. And we heard people talking about all the mana uh, on the island. And we just thought it was a local, the local people's uh, way. You know, we all have a way to kind of differentiate ourselves into, and and jargon that we use with our own tribe. And we thought it was just limited to Hawaiian people. That's what they used, the word they used. But after a while, we got to realizing ourselves, and Mariah especially, there's a lot of mana on that little island. There are just ways to really explore the spiritual side of yourself on that little green and fuzzy rock in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. (laughs) And uh, and Mariah can tell the story better than I can, but that really was the genesis that many years ago of this book that we finally got around to writing. I'll let her tell you more about that. Have you been to Kauai, Richard? I have only been out of scant mile or two from the west coast so no (laughs) Ah, you haven't made it to hawaii yet not yet it's a beautiful area i feel everyone would benefit from just being part of that one of the things that happened when i got there is i realized each of us when we do go somewhere that speaks directly to us we sense that we're home, and I felt that mana right away on Kauai. Mm-hmm. But during the time that I was there, I started practicing in a new way in my nursing practice, and that was more holistically, more spiritually and hands-on with healing touch. It started a journey of being able to incorporate new practices that brought that spirituality to my practice. And throughout the many years that I have practiced since then, I've also become more in tune with my patients' spirituality as well as their families. And when I left Kauai, I was given a message through that spiritual mana that I was to carry this message forward to reach as many people as I could, such as you and all the listeners, 
how can we incorporate that kind of spirituality, whatever it's philosophy, religion, whatever you call it, into our lives to make the world a better place, a saner place, a more calm and inviting place for all of us. You know, I find it interesting, too. I, I get the concept from uh, the, the other folks who say, even on this program, they say that, you know, if, if we didn't have the challenges here in, in on this earth uh, that we have as spiritual beings living in human bodies and everything, it'd be kind of a boring existence, you know, and I'm... And, 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 of course, I also think, too, about the, the Christian philosophy that says that uh, after you die, you go to heaven, and you spend all of eternity sitting at the feet of the Master, which, to me, seems, no disrespect, boring. It's like, I want to do more, maybe for a couple of days. Okay, great, but I'd like to be doing a, I'd, I'll come back here before I spend all of eternity just sitting there. Oh, uh, yeah. And again, I, I mean no disrespect, folks, but it's just like, okay, why would it be so bad? That's I'm not saying what what you're saying is is a bad. Con I love the concept of having mm -hmm. peace and tranquility. It doesn't mean that we're going to be sitting in the lotus posture, meditating 24/7, 365. It no. just means that we will be able to cultivate those gifts that each one of us has to build the kind of world and create the kind of environment that we would really like to live in. And we would, we probably would still be gardening, you know, still have farm fields. And I don't know, I suppose we still might be, uh, you know, uh, fishing, you know, gathering food for what we need for that time. I think this is where we have gone wrong not just in our food supply, but in, in every area where, for whatever reason, we have it in our bulletproof skulls that we've got to store up for multiple seasons all kinds of stuff. As I said, not just food. It's like, wait a minute, show me one other species on the planet that does that. There isn't one. The closest, I would say, would be a squirrel that I gathers squirrels. Yeah. But but see the squirrel only gathers nuts for the that coming yeah. winter. That's right. Not for 10 years down the road. Oh, wait a minute, we got to use preservatives, got to preserve those nuts uh, cuz we're storing up for 10 years. It didn't yeah. no. And that's one of the things I'd like to talk about uh, and that is uh, this statement that I have made and one of my guests also well many of my guests have made it as well in their own words. Nature is our greatest teacher. Mariah, mm -hmm. Byron. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and this comes back to awareness. We have had people uh, kind of uh, call us on this. We say there is more than enough for everyone, that, that there is an abundant world, that we don't live in a zero-sum world. We have had people call us out on that, and rightly so. Because, you know, I've seen just recently, in fact, I've, I've heard people say that in order for us to have the, the quality of life that just, for example, that we here in the U.S. have, we'd have to have two and a half planets like this. And so I get their point. But my point is that there is more than enough, if, as you said, if we don't hoard it for 10 years, there's more than enough for everyone 
And of course, what drives our desire to have more and more material things in this society is fear. Mm -hmm. Fear that we're going to lose something. And mm -hmm. so that's obviously, the, fear is the, it's the primary emotion, of course. If it wasn't for fear, none of us would be here. Yeah. Because it allowed us to run away from the saber-toothed tiger millennia <laughs> ago. But, but we've outlived that now. We, yeah. you know, it's time to put that aside. And again, to be aware of the reality of the abundance of this world. Mariah and Byron uh, Edgington are our guests here on the program. And uh, we're talking about uh, Journey Well. That's their latest compilation that will help you. There's a guidebook in there as well. And we certainly hope that you will um, uh, extend yourself to the website, MariahEdgington.com, as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. One of the things that I would love to discuss now with uh, our guests, uh, uh, Byron and Mariah Edgington, here on uh, the program, has to do with that, that attitude of lack that exists. Now, I'm sure you've seen the television programs about the hoarders who fill their homes from floor to ceiling, barely have enough room uh, with a path going through all of this stuff uh, to get from uh, one room to the next. And I've come to the conclusion, and again, I'm not saying that people should not be able to do what I'm talking about here, become millionaires or billionaires or, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if before we get to the 2030s, we're going to have trillionaires. Um, may, who knows? Maybe one of them is very close. But my observation is that just as on the material level, we have hoarders, on the economic level, we have hoarders who are the millionaires, billionaires and trillionaires. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some who, if you were to total up their assets, I'm not talking cash under the mattress. Uh, yeah, they would probably be worth that those dollars because they created those businesses and and so on and so forth. It was creative. And that's a great thing. Um, but then there are those who... They say that the reason why the wealthy are wealthy is because they don't spend their money. And I'm going, really? Uh, then who's buying the giant yachts and the giant airplanes and the huge mega mansions and, 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 and the uh, half, a quarter, uh, half a million dollar cars and so on and so on and so on? Who's buying those? Somebody's buying them with mm -hmm. their wealth, you know, um, mm -hmm. But it, there's still that element in my perspective, in my observation, it's not a judgment here, it's an observation, that there's some hoarding going on there. And again, it goes back to what you said, Byron, about um, fear, fear of losing something. I love some of the country songs uh, that have come out over the last few years. I just happened to listen to a local station here in Santa Barbara, and the song uh, kind of goes along the lines of, uh, we didn't have a lot, but we had everything along mm -hmm. those lines because it wasn't the things. It was the family. It was the community. It was the connection. Talk to us about that. It is community. And you build such a great community in and around your program, Richard. So many people get value from hearing you and your guests and what you bring to them. 
that is the value of community because it opens our eyes and our hearts and our minds to things that we hadn't considered before. That is when we're able to build this. There are people who do have a lot of wealth who share it. And they go on and they do amazing things with that kind of wealth. Actually, I think if everyone listening here was a millionaire and shared those millions with people, that would be a wonderful thing. Because we all know great causes that deserve to have our support. But we can even look at things in a different way. We're not wealthy people in the way of mega millions and dollars, but we are so wealthy in our relationships with people. And it's the same with you. When we reach out and create a community that increases our wealth in a different way, in an emotional way, in a supportive way. Building community is that way too. And then we can reach out what we do have mm -hmm. and gift it to somebody who has less than us. We can reach our hand out and lift somebody up with us. And that's how we build such a great community. Even if you aren't the most wealthy person in the world, you still have more than someone else does somewhere. Reach out to them, give them a hand and pull them up to you. Yes. Uh, go ahead, Byron. No, I was just going to mention a couple of things. Uh, when we do build that, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say if, I'm going to say when mm -hmm. we build this community, that will directly address one of those uh, obstacles that we talk about. Because the more community we build, the less fear there is. Mm -hmm. That's just an automatic thing. And uh, the other thing I would mention is that Mariah and I have been expats. We lived for three years down in Colombia in South America. And we, we moved to various other places. And every time we have moved, we have given away most of what we owned. Just because, if nothing else, logistically, we couldn't take it with us. Mm -hmm. And we have found without fail that when we give things away, we always, always get more back for some reason. And I don't pretend to understand that, but it's just true. Well, so, I, I can kind of explain that to you from this standpoint, from my observations and my understanding, uh, that um, there is always, and there are two things. Number one, there's always an exchange. There cannot be a uh, a giver without a receiver and there cannot be a receiver without a giver exactly and so the universe abhors the the imbalances and there's always an exchange it's one of the things that i learned many years ago uh working for interestingly enough a christian radio station i started working there in uh, 19 Ba, 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 ba. 80. Minimum wage back then was $3.65 an hour, if you folks can believe that. Yeah. And <laughs> here we are. This is 2022, and now minimum wage, wow, from $3.65 to $15 an hour? Really? That's as okay. high as it's gone? I will tell you that when I left that station 15 years later in 1995, I was earning, hope you folks are holding on to your hats. Seven dollars and thirty-five cents an hour. That was the minimum wage. Wow, After fifteen years. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I could have taken the attitude of many of the people that I would hire at that radio station. I was the one that would do the hiring and the training. Mm. And many of them, after they came to work for us, after they had been told, here's the job description, A, B, C, D, E, would say, well, you guys don't pay me enough to do that and that and that, to which I'd say, well, excuse me, but when we hired you, we told you what the job description was and you agreed to it. Ergo, we're paying you exactly, the station is paying you exactly what it is that you agreed to. And mm -hmm. so I would ask that you would do this, not because I'm telling you to do it, but because it needs to be done so that when we have programmers, clients come into the station, uh, they come into a nice, clean, uh, nice, clean place. I was always also taught about presentation is everything. But I could have taken the attitude that you don't pay me enough. And so I'm going to start off, you know, I'm going to take this stapler and I'm going to take this little paper clip holder. I'm going to put that in my bag over here. And then mm. I'm going to take this. And, and, and um, there was a story in mid-1980 uh, from, uh, what was it? Uh, I think it was, um, I, for, I forget what the network was. But anyways, a news story about Motorola. It was laying off about a thousand of its employees at a particular plant. And they gave the reason. They had just done an audit, and there was a million dollars worth of materials missing. Hmm. And so they had to cut the budget because a million dollars of materials was missing. Mm -hmm. And who knows? Maybe the people who were pilfering were part of the thousand. Maybe not. But I began to look at it from this perspective. I was given the opportunity of conducting interviews. This is where I got my training in doing interviews back in the 80s and early 90s. And they would air those interviews in the evening like at 7 and 7.30 p.m. local time. And so I began to look at that and say, you know what? Not only am I getting the experience that, that they can never take from me, I, I will always have it, but I'm making the contacts I'm having great conversations. I'm getting the airtime that I that most people would have to pay for. Mm -hmm. uh, I get the materials, whether it's a book, a CD, whatever the whatever it might be. In other words, I began to go down the checklist, uh, and I suppose you could say I was grateful for it, a gratitude list of those things that I was receiving in exchange for maybe filling that hole. Instead of playing music, we were doing this. So there's always an exchange. The universe uh, makes that, uh, that happen. There's always an exchange, but it doesn't necessarily happen the way you think. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about this attitude of lack, uh, they're, they're saying this is they being uh, the powers that be, whether it's the news media or the government or what have you, that either we're in or we're headed for a recession. I have no clue what that means. I've heard the word inflation used. To quote Harry Chapin, who makes what inflate? Um, I've never understood it. And I will tell you that my, again, one of my observations is inflation. It's nothing more than greed. That's all it is. You have a loaf of bread on the shelf today. It's a buck. Tomorrow, it's $5. 
Why did that? And it's the same loaf that's on the. And now it's a day or two or three days older. Why are you charging four more dollars for it? You didn't pay four more dollars for it yesterday mm-hmm. when you put it on the shelf. Why are you adding four dollars to it? That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So I've never understood, uh, uh, and I've also observed too. And I was 15 when I came to this conclusion that uh, capitalism and free enterprise is unsustainable. It can't work indefinitely because everybody wants more money. Again, it goes. I think it's part of that fear thing you were talking about, Byron. Uh, I, I, I need a raise. You know, mm-hmm. why wasn't I making three or four or five times more by the time I left that radio station in 95? Mm-hmm. I wasn't I was barely making double what I started 15 yeah. years earlier. Yeah. But I it wasn't that I capitulated, mm-hmm. but I said, I'm getting more out of this. It was the best education I was ever paid for. I wasn't paid by some standards. I wasn't paid well, but I was still paid. I was still compensated. There was still an exchange. Talk to us about the the spiritual aspects of shifting out of what mm-hmm. a lot of people use as the attitude of lack of yeah. uh, and even and, and, and again, maybe it goes deeper than that again to what you said, Byron of fear. Yeah. Yeah, happy to. That's a good question because a lot of people wonder, as I said, we get this question a lot, but it really does come back to awareness. And in some respects, it comes back to the inner critic and the imposter syndrome because what we tell ourselves is what we end up believing. So if, I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from folks because I happen to believe, I do believe that folks need to make more money, that the, the that your analogy of the uh, minimum wage is a good one because it hasn't kept up with a lot of metrics along the way. Mm-hmm. That's true. But at some point, once we understand and and we value ourselves more and tell ourselves that we are, in fact, more than enough, then that puts us in a position to actually demand more. And it's interesting you bring this up because in one of the chapters of journey well, you are more than enough. We talk about boundaries. And it's a very important concept because a lot of people don't even have boundaries around themselves. They just take in whatever comes their way and they do the same for other people. And Mm -hmm. once we have established boundaries for ourselves, we know that, well, first of all, that really helps establish our sense of dignity and our sense of self. And that that goes a long way. in determining that you are in fact more than enough. You're more than what you have heard all this time. And so it's kind of a revolutionary concept, I suppose, or could be, but we don't see anything wrong with that. We want people to to be who they really are and the best person they can possibly be. And another thing we focus on in the book is we, as you said, we think everyone has, we, in fact, we know everyone has a unique gift. Mm-hmm. And we think it's really critically important, especially right now at this at this point in our history, that everyone share that gift. We need everybody's gift at this point. We need all hands on deck here because everyone has a gift. They're all different and we need to share those. 
You you raise a very, very important point I want to dovetail off of, but we're going to continue talking with Mariah and Byron uh, Edgington here on Tell Me Your Story as we talk about their book, Journey Well, You Are More Than Enough. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, this program is uh, designed with um, new paradigms for a new world, looking for those new ways of living because, as I say every time, just look around you. The old ways they don't work anymore. They did it one time, but there is so much uh, despair and disparity and fear and angst and all of these kinds of things in the world. And it is possible, uh, you know. Uh, you know, there would be those who would say, "Richard, you are so naive." You know, you're. It's a Pollyanna dream. You're thinking of. A, you're. You're wanting a utopia. What's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. I, I can dream, can't I? You know, that's what hope is about. You know, that's what our imaginations are about. I want to talk to you a little bit more about this, but especially in the context of one of the phrases that you uh, that, that I, I, I used a little while ago, one of the one of the phrases. And that has to do with um, the line, discover it, your passion, purpose and love of yourself and life. There would be those who would uh Disagree. No, 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 no. You you don't want to spend time, you know, that's so narcissistic, you know, you love yourself, you know. And But the reality, if I am correct here, and I want your, both of you to expand on this, is, at least from my observation, is that if we don't have self-love, and that's a small s, then how can we possibly love other people, help other people, want to even be part of a community. Um, You know, I was even asked not long ago uh, by a a very dear friend, if there was anything that you could change about me, what would it be? And I thought it was a trick question. And they responded with their, they said, I'll I'll answer first about what I would change about you. And... um, I said, okay, I get where you're coming from. I said, well, if I could change anything about you, it would be your level of self-confidence. I would help to increase it, to raise it up, because this particular person has a very low uh, level of confidence in self, very low self-esteem. Let's talk a little bit about this aspect of self-love. What do you mean by it, and how can we, how can we through, journey well? You are more than enough. How can we foster that in an appropriate and balanced way within? Well, thank you, Richard. That is a, a very good point. Journey well. You are more than enough. Rediscover your passion, purpose, and love of yourself and life was titled that way because we do a lot of work. You asked about the spiritual mana from the island of Kauai in Hawaii. And I left there with a message that I was just the vessel. I was to carry this message forward. I learned there on the island about Louise Hay, who talks about Mm. mirror work. And I know you're familiar with it. A A lot of your listeners are also familiar with it. But for those who aren't, it seems like a very foreign concept and it seems extremely difficult and even as you said narcissistic 
However, once we get in touch with the person that's within us, once we can unbury the untruths that we've been told, that you're crazy, you're dumb, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're fat, you're slow, you're this, you're that, whatever we've been taught, at, from our youth all the way through junior high. Remember that awful time where everybody was out to get you? Mm -hmm. And we internalized all those negative emotions and mm. feelings and sayings as our own. And then we went on to try to get a job, to try to function in society, still believing that we were crazy, dumb, and stupid, and everyone else was better than us. And it's not true. Mm. The truth is that we are all important people. We're important parts of the society, of the world, of the greater universe. And when we can get in touch with our own self, when we realize that it's not just okay to love yourself, that it is essential so that we do have that inner light to pass on to people. It's within you. I can promise you, each one of you hearing this message, and you, Richard, and my husband here, we all, every single one of us that is hearing this, we are all an amazing being. We have a light within us. Once we are able to harness that light, to shine it on others, that's when we can reach our hand out and pull others up. That's when our lives simply change and we're able to bloom because we get rid of the baggage and the garbage from beyond. It's beyond us. It's behind us. It's no longer part of us. Looking at the now and moving forward, you have a beautiful opportunity to embrace yourself, to love yourself, and to know that you are more than enough. Yeah. Let me ask you uh, an interesting question, at least I think it's an interesting question, uh, in regards to your title. Um, but first, I want to let our listeners know we're talking with uh, Byron and Mariah Edgington. And, uh, of course, the book that uh, we've been talking about throughout called Journey Well, You Are More Than Enough, Discover Your Passion, Purpose, and Love of Yourself and Life. As we continue here on Tell Me Your Story, I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I want to ask the two of you, uh, Byron and Mariah, what, define for me enough, what, 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 is, what is enough? Yeah, that's, that's what we hear very commonly, enough, enough. Well, I, there's another indefinable word, I would say. So I, I'm not sure that any of us can ever quite define enough. It's probably impossible. But I, I guess I would start if I had, if somebody just demanded that I come up with a definition of enough, I would say whatever we have now that we are aware of. Now that's kind of a, maybe an airy fairy response. But again, back to awareness. If we are aware that what we have right now makes us happy, keeps us safe, and allows us to give of ourselves back to other people, then to me, that's a, a homely definition of enough. Yeah. So to go beyond that and say more than enough, then that's, that's uh, an expansion on that particular definition. And also, I would add something to what Mariah just said mm -hmm. about self-love. Uh, speaking of homely definitions, um, the readers of Journey Well, You Are More Than Enough, will realize when we when they get through this book 
one of the things we state in there, speaking of homely citations, is that you can't offer someone a drink from an empty cup. You can't even drink yourself from an empty cup. And so that's really that is kind of a rough way of saying if you don't love yourself, first of all, no one else is going to do it either. Mm -hmm. And also, you can't provide love to someone else in a genuine fashion if you don't love yourself and know what that means. Yeah. And when we did the book, when we wrote the book, we also wanted to make sure people were able to start incorporating things into their lives that we talk about, because this book is a guide. And then we made a guidebook to go along with it, a companion book. But within the book itself, there are examples, many, many examples. There are action steps for people to have takeaways in each chapter so that they can start implementing these techniques and tools into their own life. And then they don't become or seem so foreign. Because when you are unaware of the types of things we talk about, you mentioned it seems foreign to a lot of people about self-love. They think it's selfish, and that is not the case, as you know, Richard. Absolutely, absolutely. This is uh, a program designed with new paradigms for a new world. We hope that you will uh, continue to listen, and we hope that you will also go to uh, their website. Actually, there are two, but we're going to focus on MariahEdgington.com, MariahEdgington.com, M A R. I-A-H-E-D-G-I-N-G-T-O-N.com. We will be linked to that website as well so that folks can find out more about the work that you're doing. But I know that Byron has his own website as well. I'm just curious, uh, Byron, what uh, if people go to ByronEdgington.com, will they basically be directed to the same information, or is there something different about your site than uh, Mariah's? Yeah, thanks for asking about that, Richard. I appreciate the plug there. Um, <laughs> these days, it's mostly a way to direct attention to the, the other website. And my website in particular has, has my books because I have authored four additional books. And I also have a blog on there. But it, it is the same, uh, the same general idea, the same uh, ethos, if you will. And the biggest thing we want people to take from both websites, actually, is this idea that there is, as you said, there's a new world there. There's the, the change is here, and we need to get on board and embrace it. And so that's that's the work we find ourselves involved in, and and more than happy to do because, as you said at the top of the show, uh, we we tell people we have a mandate to elevate. And oh, I like it. I like it. You know, well, that's that's our duty because we spent our professional careers doing that. And in <laughs> retirement, we continue that effort and we we embrace it and we enjoy it. And uh, we hope that if it helps one person, then we have done our job. Well, uh, uh, Byron and Mariah have joined us all the way from uh, what I like to refer to, or what's been referred to as the breadbasket of America uh, out of Iowa. Uh, been to Hawaii, been, I'm sure, many other places as well. And uh, we continue to talk with them here about their book, uh, Journey Well, You Are More Than Enough, here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I wanted to ask the two of you, uh, uh, it seems paradoxical. You two seem as though, yeah, you belong in the midsection of our country. 
You're actually, uh, you're above the waistline of America. You're above the Bible Belt, okay? And yet I know that many, many people in the midsection of our country uh, have a deep abiding faith in a philosophy we call Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious as to uh, your underpinnings, if you will, how the two of you individually, how you were raised, uh, and then how you came to this place where you're you're telling people about this uh, journey well, you are more than enough. Because I will tell you that working for the Christian radio station, I kept hearing that we were nothing more than lowly worms, you know, that we just had no value whatsoever, which was real perplexing to me because as I began to evaluate uh, both Old and New Testament and the writings, I I came to the realization that, uh-uh, we were the, the children of God and we had value long before there was ever a sacrifice. Because if we didn't have value, what would be the point? I mean, you have stuff around your house, I'm sure, that you just casually just, eh, get rid of that. I don't want that. And yet you may have built it. You may have created it with your own two hands. But here we have the creator, as again, born out in the, in the scriptures, um, who, for God so loved the world, the world being us, his creation, the creation, right? We had value before there was ever mention of a sacrifice. So how much more valuable are we now after that fact? So I'm curious about your under uh, underpinnings in that regard, because this kind of seems it's there, but yet at the same time, it's a little bit broader. It's a little more open and... and um, expansive your philosophy where you're coming from as you share in journey uh, journey well uh, you are more than enough it's true we we do have an interesting look on spirituality and I can say for myself as a nurse I had a lot of different opportunities and one of them was that I volunteered in hospice and during that time in hospice, I reached many, many people of many types of religious backgrounds and many types of faith. And some people didn't have any religious background. But one thing was common. And when I would go in, I gave holistic therapies such as Reiki and aromatherapy and guided meditation. And I was with them at times where they transitioned from this world they died and they went to wherever they go to but one thing i found was that no matter what i was doing when i was holding space with each person that person's family when they saw what i brought assigned me their religion mm-hmm. and that was an honor because I was not speaking. It wasn't something I had to refute or even say, no, that's not right, because I knew that they were giving me a gift. They were seeing whoever their religious person was that they followed in what the actions I was taking Mm. with their loved one, with my hands on their loved one. At times where they passed and they transitioned out of this world, they died and they went wherever they go. That wasn't for me to judge 
or to even assign anything to. I was just being present. And what I learned from that time was that every single religion, spirituality, philosophy, or not, has value. And it's not up to me to judge. It's up to me to be the person that I am and to shine my light that came through me through whatever purpose I have on this earth to give to others, to reach my hand out and lift others up. And mm. that is how we came to be into this philosophy that mm. we share. Mm. Yeah, and uh, Richard, let me expand on that just a little bit if I may. I, I don't have a lot of money, but I consider myself to be the wealthiest man on the planet, quite frankly. I have this wonderful woman <laughs> who puts up with me. I'm not sure why sometimes. <laughs> but I've also arrived at a place in my life where, where I have the honor of being able to elevate people. And I've seen it from both sides because I, was a, I flew helicopters in the Vietnam War. And so I have seen the other side of this whole negative and fear-based mentality. And war is kind of the ultimate manifestation of that, if you think about it. And I have seen that. I lived that for a year. So I have seen what can happen when people are fearful of each other and who lash out and, and manifest the worst of humanity. And on the other side of that, especially as a helicopter pilot at a hospital, and I was able to take the gifts I had been given, my aviation skill, and help people when they most needed that help. That was such an honor to be able to do that, that it, it more than made up for that year in Vietnam. And so speaking of gifts and wealth, that's, that's kind of where, how I arrived at uh, that place that you're describing. Well, I, I want to thank the both of you for uh, how you have changed the lives of, quite literally, I'm sure, thousands and thousands of people uh, through the work that you were doing uh, together on that helicopter, <clears throat> as well as, I'm sure, uh, uh, the men that you uh, worked with. Uh, Byron, uh, in Vietnam, uh, I'm sure uh, there were a lot of pickups of guys that weren't doing so well. You know, uh, they uh, they met with a little uh, a little lead along the way. And uh, that's that 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 doesn't do the body well. So thank you both for the work that you are doing now again to continue to elevate us, to elevate um, our our consciousness. Uh, again, we go back to um, to Einstein's comment that you cannot uh, you cannot solve a problem with the same consciousness that created it. That's Ergo, right. we're going to have to think larger. We're going to have to think bigger. Uh, we're going to have to think differently. And um, I think you are helping us to do that through the book, Journey Well. You are more than enough here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, and we're talking with uh, Byron and Myra Edgington. MyraEdgington.com is the website we're going to send you to. But you can also go to Byron's website, ByronEdgington.com. Uh, you're both very fortunate, and as was I when I was able to uh, secure a website uh, of, of my name. I found out that there are a lot of Richard Dugans out there, because I've Googled, uh, and I was able to get RichardDugan.com. So... <laughs> Congratulations to the two of you for securing securing yours as well. 
I want to um, uh, ask you a few more questions here before we let you go in reference to your perspective on our present day and your perceptions, observations, uh, maybe intuition about our future as a species, not as a country or as a state or what have you, but as a species on this planet, uh, let's say, uh, you know, down the road, I, I wanted to put a number on it, like 10 years, 20 years, what have you. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, are you are you both optimistic that uh, the journey will continue to be well and get even better as we move forward in what we like to call time? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And I think if I had to qualify it right now, I would say that I am cautiously optimistic. And the reason I say that is because mostly because of the young people today. If we look at the generation that was born after, let's say, 1980, 1985, I see a lot of innovation. I see a lot of uh, the dismissal of the old paradigms, the old methods. So that's one of the things that gives me a lot of hope. And I think, too, just from the talk about the zeitgeist, you know, and the overall sense in society, I sense an awful lot of people are coming to understand that we are not separate from the rest of the world, the creatures on the earth and the flora and the fauna and the oceans. And it sounds kind of woo-woo to some people, but I think we're finally starting to get it, that we are just another species among many and that the, the others on the planet that allow us to live here, they suffer based on what we are, are doing to this planet and what we do ourselves. Mm. We're all tied in together. We're all connected and inexplicably, we can't begin to disconnect from all these other species and the planet itself. And I think more of that mentality seeps into our consciousness, the better off we'll be. So I really, I'm cautiously optimistic that that's the direction we're going. And, uh, and I think too, I should add that the virus that we have all been through in the last couple of years, it's, it's going to turn out to have a silver lining because I think it's going to probably um, facilitate that mentality. Mm. Mariah? I have to agree, and I know that you do as well, Richard, that things always seem worse when we have a negative mindset, when we're focused on that lack, when we bring our attention, whatever we focus on expands. And I've listened to your programs and I know that you believe that we can expand our thinking, that we can become more than the negativity in the world and that we can rise above that too. Yeah. So I'm grateful for all you do in bringing that message forward mm. because it's an important message that needs to be heard by millions of people. So thank you for that. Uh, well, I thank you for those kind words. I, I will always use this example uh, as an analogy, if you will, um, in terms of that possibility. And that is the analogy of education. Why, if you have children, do you bother sending them to school for 12 years, mandatorily, uh, 
if there's no possibility of change, of evolution? What's the point? Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't believe that we can make a difference public, for example, I think about, for example, our penal institution, you know, the, the prison systems. You know, oh, they're not, we can't reform them. They're, they're, I mean, you know, they're hardwired this way. It's like, really? No, uh, human beings are extremely pliable. Uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> when, when, uh, when I hear about some of these scams on the Internet, for example, you have to remember, I don't fall for them, okay? I can recognize them very, very quickly. And I just delete them. Mm -hmm. uh, but some people don't. And, 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 you, and some people who are like me, who can recognize them, they'll say, what is wrong with those people? Don't they know that blah, blah, blah? No, what you don't understand is if it didn't work, whoever's doing this wouldn't do it. Advertisements, for example, on radio and television and in the print, as well as on the Internet. If it didn't work, they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't use that particular form of advertising. Uh, it's kind of like <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> I love cartoons and Family Guy is a great one. And every so often during one of the scenes, a butterfly will fly by. Peter's in a deep, deep conversation. And all of a sudden, a butterfly, oh, butterfly. And off he goes. That's us. We are so easily distracted and, 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 and drawn. But that doesn't mean that we have to stay that way. No, I mean, it just seems to me like uh, somehow in certain instances, no, I'm sorry, it's impossible. There is no possibility of growth here. There is no possibility of of um, educating this person. Mm -hmm. And I heard something the other day about Elon Musk. He started a school. He started it for his kids first. But now it's like 40 students every semester or something. And apparently what they do, and I'm, I'm, I'm now sharing this maybe third hand, but apparently what the, he does through this, this particular school is they evaluate each individual student. And it kind of goes along with the one, lines of what you talked about, about we all have these gifts. They evaluate them for their, shall we say, aptitudes towards whatever it is that their aptitudes are towards, right? Mm -hmm. And they then gear the education towards those aptitudes, towards, towards those capacities, if you will, those qualities. Yeah. And yeah, I, heard, uh, I, I wish we had more time to talk about this, Richard, but one of the things I would mention, uh, going back to the, your, your, the butterfly uh, image that you, that you mentioned, that's a good one because there, there is, in fact, there's a field now called neuroadvertising where there's a lot of research done on what captures eyeballs, mm -hmm. what, what gets people's attention. And the, a lot of networks, for example, a lot of TV networks and other media outlets, are you bet they're paying big bucks to get this information because that's how they make their money. Yeah. And so, but one of the thing, other things we mentioned in Journey Well, You Are More Than Enough, is that we have a choice of whether or not to watch those things or to listen to those things. It is a choice. No one is, no one's holding a gun to our head saying you have to watch mm -hmm, this and that mm -hmm. and the other thing. And so it, once we realize it's a choice, then we can make 
better decisions around that. Yeah. So. With new paradigms for a new world, this is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I'm here with Byron and Mariah Edgington. MariahEdgington.com is the website we're going to send you to, but we also encourage you to go to Byron's website, ByronEdgington.com, to find out about the other works that he has uh, put together. And uh, we encourage you to get a copy of Journey Well. You are more than enough, and you can discover your passion purpose, and love of yourself and life. It is a literary roadmap to help you claim your better, brighter life. And boy, I'll tell you what, I, uh, you know, there are, there are times, and they get longer and longer, thankfully, when I just feel like, what a day, this is fabulous, and I'm doing this, and I've got that, and it's just like, Wow. And I'm, uh, you know, and I'm really doing this kind of stuff. And I mean, the one thing that uh, um, I, I, I'm, I really have to remind myself sometimes of to stay in awe of my ability to be able to drive. Because for 38 years of my life, I didn't. Obviously not as a child, but um, sure. I was born legally blind. And in th- 1996, I had a lens implant and then began the process of getting a driver's license. And I had given that up. I had said, you know what? If I'm bicycling and when I'm 65, and I'm 62 now, uh, hey, I'll be healthier, and I'll still be getting from point A to point B. It'll be fine. i let that go. And then all of a sudden, technology caught up with me. Whammo! So I'm still uh, uh, in awe of um, that ability to be able to, to do that. And I thank you folks for sharing your insights. I do have... Three final questions I like to ask all of my guests, and I'll alternate between the two of you so as to give uh, one of you the opportunity to think about your answer while the other is answering. Uh, Before I do that, let me say uh, that this has been a a wonderful hour. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate the opportunity. This is wonderful. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., as well as Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for a special edition of Tell Me Your Story. Uh, we also uh, stream live at those times at richarddugan.com. Podcasts, as well as on the homepage of richarddugan.com, are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, uh, um, Amazon Music, and many other locations. And uh, we have a video cast that's on YouTube. We have a channel on both SoundCloud as well as uh, YouTube that you can subscribe to and you can watch these interviews on YouTube. And we also hope that you will subscribe so you're notified about the new interviews posted. We also ask that if you can support us financially, we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, We have a PayPal account. It's for your security as well as ours. And you can go to the homepage of richarddugan.com. Just scroll down a little bit and there on the left-hand side of the screen, you will see a a link to uh, the PayPal account and um, whatever you can afford. We'll take energetic support as well. We we will use it all uh, to continue to work towards changing this world for the better for everyone. And we also ask that you participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s, uh, as uh, we ask you to go within and listen to that still small voice, okay? So, as we uh, like to do at the end of every single program, we ask these three questions, and we're going to start with you, Mariah. Uh, and the first question is, 
Who is Mariah Edgington? Uh, that's a really great question, and I'm rarely at a loss for words, Richard, so that is a good one to start with. I would have to say that I have found myself within the last two years when I did a deep dive spiritually, where I went within, I started looking intently to find that spiritual place within myself, and I am a beautiful, kind, generous soul now that reaches out on a regular basis, tries to touch as many lives as I can with a message of hope, one that says you are more than enough. Your life is important. You're worthy. You have great value. Please know that you are more than enough. Hmm. And who is Byron Edgington? Yes, well, in addition to, thanks for the question, by the way, uh, in addition to being the wealthiest man on the planet, and I believe that, <laughs> I, am, I am a man who is, has been given, and I don't believe I have a right to do what I'm doing, to my mandate to elevate. I believe I have an obligation to do that. And I believe that obligation is a gift. So that's who I am and what I do is, I have a mandate to elevate, and that's what I am able to do, and I'm just just thrilled to be able to do that. Next question is for you, Byron. Okay. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve with the work that you are doing now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, another excellent question. I hope that whoever reads Journey Well, You Are More Than Enough, comes away understanding that they are, in fact, a precious human being with a unique gift. That's my hope. Hmm. And Mariah, what is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? I agree with Byron. It is important that we reach people and let them know that they are more than enough, that their life is worthy. And that's because we see many, many suicides now. And it's not just in one community. Suicide is an equal opportunity thief that takes so many lives. And it's unfortunate that people are not aware of the value they hold within them. So that, Richard, and I know you're doing that as well. You're reaching people that need to hear your message of hope, Richard. I feel it when I speak with you, and I know that you continue to bring that. And so thank you for that. And finally, Mariah, what is your life's purpose? My life's purpose is to lift others. And Byron, what is your life's purpose? Well, the same as Mariah's, but the addition of, I want to leave the campsite a little bit cleaner than I found it. <laughs> I'm with you there. I'm with you yeah. there. Again, thank you to both for joining us here on the program and uh, for um, uh, for sharing your 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 book and your ideas and, and yourselves with us here on the program. And we look forward to having you back again uh, as we continue to transform this world for the better for everyone. Thank you so much Richard. for having us, yeah. Richard. Thanks very much. We really appreciate the opportunity. And I thank you for listening to and watching. Tell me your story, new paradigms for a new world. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast.
Love to Lal, and Jeanette. I'm listening.